Hello everybody and welcome back to part 2 of our full album review of Brother Ali's Secrets and Escapes, the new project that he dropped this very November. Um, my name is Holden Stefan Roy. My name is Chris Chrome. This is part two of the Headspace podcast, the show where we break down new hip-hop albums like Brother Ali, Secrets and Escapes, track by track, giving our thoughts and opinions. So we've already gone through the first five tracks of the Secrets and Escapes project, telling you what we thought of the preacher man, Mr. Brother Ali himself. And without further ado, knowing that we are not professionals, we are just folk giving our thoughts and opinions on each song. Why don't we discuss the color? Red. It's more burgundy. Do you feel that this is burgundy or maroon? Okay, that was the conversation we just had. Anyway, this starts off with Beatmaker himself evident showing us his rapping style. And I really like the verse because it kind of describes like, I have to write what is my life. And it feels more important to write my life than any words that rhyme. Like to a point where... It's more important for him to stick to his roots and, and imply integrity than it is to make some dope rhymes. But I think that also kind of gives off this form of authenticity, right? Like, as long as it's he did it, nobody can ever call him out. It's like saying, like, yeah, I'm a rapper with a billion dollars and really you're just, like, some fake shit. But I think it's also more like if he has to lie or, or tweak it in a way that would maybe make a better art form at the cost of the message... He would rather prioritize the message than the smoothness of the line. Absolutely, which I think is way more uh, appreciable than it is to just kind of go out here and try to just make music. I suppose that's very much a perspective that some will have and others will disagree. But I like how he clarifies what he says and he goes, what I mean is this, I can't rap for other rappers. My truth has to be told. If not, I'm an actor. I played roles till it didn't feel redeeming. I saved my breath when it's earned more than when I'm scheming. So to be clear, he is just rhyming. So suppose he is both capable of speaking truth and rhyming, almost making the whole first part just allegorical to express that he's not going to compromise his integrity in the way that other rappers might for the sake of it. Like, hear me out. He wants to do a feature with so-and-so or so-and-so hits him up. Uh, I want to work with you, but you have to do this, this, that, and that. And if the opportunity is improper, he's not going to do it simply because it goes against his principles. It's kind of the idea, in a sense, of how I could see it manifesting what he's saying. Right. A day is light compared to feelings in the evening. At night, I'm an angel on my shoulders wearing demons. I Which wear I like that line. I like how he's using the my day's light compared to feelings in the evening, where first off, like daylight in terms of being during, like outside in the sun, you're supposed to feel positive, supposed to feel kind of happy, rejoice. But he also kind of feels like what he would feel like late at night, maybe depressed, negative, uh, kind of maybe even like, I don't want to say depressed or negative because some people could also feel like very alive and very safe at night. Um, but I think it's more this like pensive kind of like I'm in my own head all the time, even when it's daylight and when you when I should be like out here grinding, working and do what I gotta or do. Another way is just playing on the day and light angel demon juxtaposition, like that too. Um, like my day's light compared to feelings in the evening. So my day has this giant positive yeah. light form versus the dark, which com brings out a, a, a separate thing. Right. But at night. He's an angel on my shoulders. Uh, I'm an angel on my shoulders wearing demons. And I like the way he words it. Like he himself is the angel 
but it's wearing demons like it kind of changes like even in a nobility there's like a darkness that shrouds it and i love the imagery and the poetry that he's putting forth with that kind of like the inception aspect of it and he wears his heart on his articles of clothing that's a cleverer way of saying on my sleeves but it rhymes better and he plays my cards i'm just an artist who ain't folding and i like well, I that where is uh what's the brand is it pharrell that made the brand or is it something uh, but there's I'm a i'm gonna just run with the poetry angle i mean yeah but i'm saying like there's a brand with a heart on it and it could be like clever but that's just well, what about ed hardy didn't he have heart stuff is it Ed Hardy? Ed Jeff Hardy, Hardy has some some hard stuff, but there's an actual like brand that has like the heart as the main logo. Fair enough. Um, you know, <clears> I say, uh, and then he just kind of like the way he, he instead of like when he says he plays his cards, he brings out the fact that in light of that, he, the circumstances of his life, the emotional state he may be in, whatever, he chooses not to fold. He's going to stand firm and, and still plow through regardless of the obstacle or easiness or whatever. But I like how he uses that line. Uh, I'm just an artist who ain't folding. Like yeah. in regards to also implying the creativity, the uh, opportunities that comes with being this label and artist, the things that you can kind of reach out and do. And but back into the earlier line other artists as he points out compromise and he's not right. willing to do that right you know it, uh, i saved my scars for the day i started flowing in the same way the hardest shit to learn is a part of growing told my world my dreams and lived through it and i came apart at the seams then i renewed it so here it's like i poured my heart out i got everything i wanted shit was super hard i got the wisdom i figured it out i learned what i had to learn and then I wiped the state clean. I basically reinvented myself into a better person. Validate everything I knew since I was 18. And it's just the way he rhymes it all. It just flows beautifully. But you really get the sense of a man who's renewed his soul. And his desire to like actually share that knowledge and pour his heart and soul out. Almost so that we can take from that message in the same sense of what Brother Ali was dropping. So unlike the other feature, like this kind of makes a lot more sense in my head. than the Power mm. Munch felt like it was a dope feature for who it was. But this felt like it really belonged. And it's probably because evidence is so intrinsically attached to this project. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like the part where he's like, those, uh, those are from a person who's whatever, uh, uh, he kind of flows in that these are not words with empty promises. These are were from a person who's immersed in which the drama is. I thought the feeling was dead. So I wrote a second verse, but kept the first one instead. I thought that was interesting how he felt a certain way about his verse, maybe, or in the way his life was living, etc. And he crafted a whole other person, maybe try it out and then realized it wasn't right, scrapped it and went back to the core of who he is. Something I actually say to people is like, we often, I often have conversations with people in their thirties about dreams and aspirations, because fun fact about being in your 30s and chasing your dreams and aspirations is it's really lonely because people in their 30s don't do that anymore. They have families and kids and that becomes their dreams and aspirations. And I don't really relate to that life. But people will still say to me in their 30s, I don't know what I want to do in my life, which is fair. I've learned that you're not supposed to be upset at that idea the apathy people show towards trying to figure that out but often the truth is it's like whatever crap you wanted to do when you were six ten not like the fake shit like i'm five seven i could never be in the nba but i did want to sing here i am having music be an intrinsic part of the central force of my life like without music my life wouldn't be interesting whether it's podcasting creation whatever right this whole universe still it tapped into what i loved when i was young and i pursued it and so I think it's just an interesting idea that like you kind of go, 
you you try to almost figure out some shit in the middle and you veer away from your your like path but at the end of the day it's what you wanted to do in the beginning the person you really are that really just projects so i think a lot of people if they just think back to their youth would would find some interesting discoveries about their purpose that they might not be aware of in this current present day i digress that's all that i got that's what i got from that i don't know and then brother ali's verse is just sick you know midwest or venice first or second amendment shell case i don't particularly get or penmanship i felt it when i sent it i think he's saying regardless to where i am regardless to whether it's free speech or gun situations so cell casings or penmanship however you you would take your revolution because i believe it's the two sides to revolution would be the the gun and the the situation i don't know exactly i guess the midwest has gun violence in venice would be something you'd think of from an art more literature point of view i do like when brother ali said busy curing sickness sicknesses that's yet to be invented i like how he kind of gives himself that like futuristic thinking like he's so far ahead of people that he's already doing mm. what in time we will figure out how to do That's and it. i kind of like how he's being a little bit humble like that like or even like in a sense if you think about his purity of soul it's almost like we haven't yet figured out that the corruption of our soul is the problems that we're facing and when that gets a real name for it he'll have the cure for that thing when we figure absolutely. it out or catch up absolutely i did enjoy that i also liked when he said uh the main emphasis is to be felt instead of mention mass listen i set up on this land pissing and rocking a chunky gold link chain of transmission my bandwidth is blistering ancestors hissing and standing on the brick to push my passion through this instrument now i like that line because i like how it's he's like six lines well the whole like whatever stanza isn't it stanza is like seven lines. stanza is like a poetic element we're it's part of a verse but I do like how he's kind of, for what I'm understanding, is like he's kind of trying to give life to to what has been going on in history in terms of like stepping on this line. Um. Well, it's like, so look at like the main emphasis to be felt instead of mentioned. So think about that saying. Um, do you want to have people say your name? Or do you want to have people connect to what you put out into the world? Connect with what I put out into the world. I mean, I was asking rhetorically. I'm going to answer. That's fair. Um, So in this case, look at it from a social media perspective. A lot of people do things to get the mentions, to get the the points. The clicks, the views. Whereas Brother Ali's motivation is to put out something that you can feel, relate to, and do some good. It's almost like he's chasing service through this, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Man, listen, I step up on this land pissing and rocking a chunky gold link of transmission. My bandwidth is blistering, ancestors hissing. So when we look at that, right, Mention kind of has the internet feel to it. And he kind of steps into this world pissing like he doesn't give a fuck. He's kind of fighting back a little bit. Rocking a chunky gold link chain of transmission. So to me, I think he has like the spirit of, you know, like the old school feel of how he transmits his lyrics. The powerful slap you kind of sounds of the old day. His bound is blistering, ancestors hissing. It's almost like he's breaking through. And I'm just taking some guesses. Maybe I'm a little bit off. He is deeply poetic. But like it comes through like there's a power in the way that he's transmitting his sense of slap you hit you hard bars almost reminiscent of the old days is kind of what i get from all of this and kind of just flows through and describes he's got a friend amir Suleiman, and if you know my name and not his then something's wrong 
Okay, um, I understand, Mr. Ali. Now I will learn Amir Suleiman's name and we'll check into him and figure out what his music is. But word bond, here's a bar he spit. I want to honor it. And I'm like, how often do you see that? You see a rapper in the middle of his verse kind of proving how dope he is, etc. The purity of all this shit. And he's like, you know what? But even for me, I can't even express it. Well, allow me to express another dude that you should know about. And allow me to just take the time to spit a bar. Quote him. Something that's profound to me. And it's a great lyric. And he should be honored. He said, it's counterfeit to think that cowardice lengthens life. Bravery shortens it. And I'm like, that's an interesting point. So it's a bad idea to think that being a coward makes your life longer and that bravery shortens it, right? Mm -hmm. Because what he's really saying is that through bravery and courage, you find the will to live on and have everlasting life in a sense, whether it's through the Christian or the religious spiritual sense, or even if it's through legacy motivation and even just the sheer desire to overcome. Whereas cowardice will often cost you your life or your opportunities in a real sense. Uh, this is the author of the warrior poets, the inordinate glory and slaughtered by the lawless. I know that all the rawness that the hearts could harness, that healing tears applauded on performance flawless. And then here it's almost like, yo, we the people with the powerful words spitting the truth and fighting the injustice, the real rawness of it all. The people who over history are slaughtered by the lawless because when you speak truth, you become taken out, you become a target and a threat and people want to come for you. Um, my god if these four walls could talk you know it's just the powerfulness the energy of everything if you could see all that we've seen going through this trying to you know go on this point where we could use this emotion and love to overcome in this world i don't know it's just really powerful his eyes were dead mine have always been albino red my god i don't know i just think it's a really strong true to himself way to end it and i feel like we're just left with another emotional powerful experience and i feel like it's a spiritual grind song so i gave it a 4.5 on five i gave it a four uh because honestly i got bored on this song it's one of those songs like just during the reviews where you start to kind of like swipe through your phone and you kind of get distracted um, I don't know why I was bored. I really like the lyrics. I really like the way it's presented and, and everything. But it just, I don't know. It didn't really get my whole thing. But I did give it a four because, like, yeah, I do appreciate what you're saying and how you're going about it and what you're trying to do on this track. The next track on the album is the title track, and it's called Secrets and Escapes. All right, Chris, what do you think of Secrets and Escapes, the absolute title track to the album, which, guess what, it's called Secrets and Escapes. I know that's what title track means. Okay, Chris. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think I think he did a really cool way of trying to, I guess, convey his message of dealing with the secrets and the escapes uh, in terms of, I guess, how he's coping from what we spoke about a little earlier on the first part. Uh, so we start off the song, we get the chorus, and he goes, uh, All my deepest, darkest secrets and escapes. Can we just address, this is one of the few songs with like a real chorus. Yeah. Um, and I like how he starts it off too, like, all of my deepest, darkest secrets. Like, there's a really emphasis uh, um, on those words. Uh, and then he kind of breaks it off, wait about like a couple of seconds, and he goes, they're keeping me awake. Uh, breaks it off again, keeping me awake trying to make me break and i feel like the pauses in the chorus really give more of this like um again emphasis to what he's trying to say and also kind of play on this act of keeping him awake like he's kind of drowsy he's kind of taking time he's a little slowed down because he hasn't been sleeping or he's been you know stressed out so i, I thought that was a really nice effect to um <clears throat> to the song 
and then he just kind of follows it again deepest darkest secrets and escapes keeping me awake keeping me awake trying to see me break which is really cool how he's kind of like having this internal battle with himself um the secrets that he may have hold the escapes that he may be trying to find or doing to cope with whatever secrets um how they're kind of like battling him and that was really cool how he doesn't like he doesn't want to see himself break but the things that he's kind of i guess created are trying are, are now being like uh characterized immobilized or personalized in a way personified as people to come and break him which i thought was really cool um but i didn't take it as like people i took it like it's more like ruminations right like so you got a picture it says the middle of the night and you're lying there in bed you're by yourself let's say or whoever's next to you sleeping or whatever right. and you can't sleep and what's running through your head is always going to be or at least for me the deepest darkest secrets and escapes you know it's all of the deepest cravings and my fantasies mixed with all like the, some of the more depraved stuff that might go on through my mind but also like it's going to be at 2 a.m when you remember some crap you did when you were 19 where you really hurt somebody and you really feel like if people knew about that, they would they would think less of you. Mm -hmm. Now, honestly, it's in the level of dumb shit, probably, that everybody has a million stories like that. But you just sit there, and it just haunts you, and it keeps you awake. And each of these thoughts comes through, tries to break your spirit, and tries to make it, you know, just something where, like, you can't focus. You can't even sleep, you know? Like, it, that's how I picture it. Like, the rumination of your mind imploding it's and keeping like you up. kind of like a creative way of expressing how you, you go into these, like, spiral of thoughts. Yeah, that's what rumination is. Oh. Rumination is the word for when uh, idea just plays over and over and over in your mind and it traps you and you can't really escape. So reminiscing is, like, different. Reminiscing is thinking back on something, honestly, in a fond capacity. You, okay. Reminiscing is a positive word. Right. Ruminating is a negative word. But I suppose they could be similar. But ruminating is more like you're trapped in your mind as the same idea plays. It's honestly like this chorus to me screams mm -hmm. like bad rumination of the mm -hmm. worst kinds, you know? Anyway, then the verse kicks in. Well, I do like... Um something that really stuck out to me at first was in verse two all hail the veils i wear like their uh, regalia add another layer to the fray the more the merrier broke my arm uh patting my fat ass on the back thought i won because ain't because a saint was kind enough to sign the cast now i i like it because of how he says it i don't actually know like in detail what he's trying to say but i like how he extends merrier just the way he kind of holds the note i like how he's uh playing around with these different types of like kind of experimenting in these different types of ways to hold the lyrics together which was really really cool um to me at least i found that was cool uh, i like how he starts the first verse uh with the next time I disappoint you, just listen to this and remember that I warned you, I'm a hypocrite. And to me, I kind of feel as if, like, he's starting the first verse off kind of contextualizing that everything he's about to say is a lie. I don't know. I don't think it's that. I think it's that Brother Ali is a guy of a high spiritual regard, more of a, a leader type. Like, you almost feel like he's a prophet. So people like that are... I mean, another example of a person who kind of could be, per and I don't want to compare these two men, I'm um, just to elaborate my point, is Kanye West and how people feel disappointed by Kanye West. 
So people looked up to him and thought he was of the people. And then he gets into a place of power and then he acts a fool and everyone's mad at him and disappointed in Kanye. And in a sense, it's actually like just those two lines. I could see Kanye saying something. The next time I disappoint you, just listen to this and remember that I warned you I'm a hypocrite. And if you think about especially with the the last album we did, like it honestly could have been on that project, you know, because he's like open about that kind of stuff. But I'm I'm not trying to say that Kanye West and Brother Ali are of the same moral fiber. I think Brother Ali is a very integrity filled, really respectable man. And Kanye Mm -hmm. is complicated and it's hard to defend him like that. Um, But just to illustrate the point, I think it's more people look up to Brother Ali and then in his life, he's bound to make errors and mistakes. And, you know, maybe he he tweets something and people are disappointed in him. And you know how motherfuckers are. Mm -hmm. You only remember your like eight flaws and forget about the accomplishments of your life. So I think what he's trying to convey is in light of what you may think of him and the moral fiber and how he's supposed to behave, the next time he disappoints you, Take the time that he remember that he warned you he's a flawed individual. He's a hypocrite. As much as he preaches the preachy, he recognizes, I believe, within himself his humanity of his sin, and he's like, admitting that to us here. This is the depth of it. So he pro- he presents like this deep character because I think he is that. But he wants you to know that the man that he is, he is a hypocrite, just like all humans are. Mm-hmm. Like, filthy me, guilty me, throw me on the mercy of the court, worthy of every curse you've ever thought, homesick and heartbroken, I remember God. So then when he is in those moments where he's fallen and he feels that way, it's almost like in his humility he remembers God and puts his focus. And the dragon of the treasure chest of all that I forgot and use my hard heart as a rock to break the lock. So it's like, I picture him like, in the moments where he falls off the path, he gets uses his spirituality to to find his way back to where he needs to be um i tried to spend the spoils of a war i hadn't fought blocking off the block because we're plotting a parade time to celebrate all the progress that we made mediocre state and we're the only ones that stayed or mediocre straight never mind the fact that it's mostly a charade now i don't know if he's talking about a specific situation because again i haven't been following but perhaps he made a song or he did something or he took on a cause that wasn't in the realms of what people felt he should be doing and he disappointed people felt a certain way that's kind of what you're hearing it's like okay i recognize the the response of my actions and i'm just trying to let y'all know that i know what's up and so in a sense he's sharing his ruminations with us but also pleading with us that in the next moments when whenever something might happen that we just take into consideration where he's coming from on all of this and he goes anything of the benefit i ever did has been a gift truth is i never did shit high percentage is just projected by my images the rest of it is just coincidence and i feel like here there's this image that surrounds him and people might think a certain way and he's like nah this is just what y'all think the truth is it just kind of is what y'all think and maybe there's some coincidence maybe y'all are inspired by me but i don't feel that way i just filled my stomach and emptied my lungs my dollars are consumptions and my charity coins which i like how he's kind of questioning what people see and what he sees and building that divide between like this is my actual life and how i view it and i'm trying to explain it to you guys but y'all see it differently um fair enough and then you know you know that's the point as i'm spitting this i know you're hearing all these confessions and considering i must be so sincere with it i'm sitting here bearing it my ego get embarrassed started tearing at the intention i claim made it a chain and started wearing it so on the same time i feel like we're split he's like recognizing that as you hear his raw and honesty we're going to hear it and we're going to feel his sincere he's going to feel a certain way and in a sense 
he gets embarrassed by this because he doesn't feel that way inside and it's like he maybe feels like he's misrepresenting himself through his honesty to a point where i don't know it's like we elevate him beyond what he feels it should be in light of what he's actually doing here and that is something that weighs down on him he don't ever slip or sleep he just like me trick and treat myself into the costume i designed to keep my picture sweet and then i feel like it's like there's this situation of this image versus himself and this juxtaposition and i don't know i just i really like it i really like the way he explores this level of honesty within his music and i really like the way he just flows over the beats and he just encapsulates you into this song um i don't know I, liked, I don't have a lot more to say on this one. I gave, I gave it a 4.35 from the sound of the beat being a little less my cup of tea, but overall it's just as equal quality as everything else we've heard. I gave it a 4.5. I really think the beat took it to a next level for me. I really felt like he did well kind of like using the instrumental to set up this really nice vibe that he displayed on the, on the track, so 4.5. The next track on the album is called Dilla Kufi. Chris is going to be like, etc, etc, the lyrics weren't on Genius, so I'm going to just come in and talk about lyrics that I took some serious time to transcribe off of lyrics because, I mean, that's basically what this album is. Is it not bars? Okay, Chris, what do you want to say? <laughs> All right. um, I did enjoy how I felt. This, this kind of had this more of aggressive feel to it. I kind of caught some like... I took a vow to spray an Uzi till the day they do me. So yep. I was like, that kind of feels like, I can kind of interpret that as like some real shit, like don't fuck with him, he'll kill you. But I feel like it's more in the sense of like verbally and like really just preaching and, and following his messages, which I thought was really cool. Um, I do like the flow that he kind of uses. It has more of a old school, but kind of like weird new school type flow mashup with it, which was really nice. Um... I don't listen to a lot of. I mean, to me, this just sounded old school. I don't know where you heard nude school. They're like again. It sounded like an old school, upbeat, early two thousands kind of flow. Sound no, for me the flow sounded a little bit like it had the mashup of like new and old. Like but it like, kind of. What had I'm saying this, like, is modern. what kind of like where is it? Like, like give me an example of who the modern you're hearing is. And is that modern really just old school over different beats? I mean, yeah, if you really... Because like, that's because uh, we're talking about Talib quality. We're talking about guys from the early 2000s. Right. But I'm also 90s. saying, like I was also saying, I don't really listen to a lot of Talib quality to know where he kind of came into the song. Because I also kind of got lost, except for that random part in the middle I mean, where it was like... he's literally the whole second verse. There's two verses. Yeah. And Talib Kweli's spit sounds completely different than Brother Ali. Both that. of them just have higher paced kind of bars I'm sorry, but there is a zero percent like they sound the same. They sound so very different that I don't understand how the guy who has all the singing in his voice was he raps and all the preachiness and then the guy who comes in like a fucking New York spitter, like I don't know, I just they kind of sounded a lot a lot <clears throat> alike to me. I I guess I gave it a they have very different voices in my opinion. They flow differently. To me they were like I don't know, like, just not the same. Meanwhile, I'm just not really certain where I'm hearing the... I don't feel like this album is necessarily dated, in a sense, or anything on it really puts it at a particular point in time. But it definitely had that old school, I'm a fucking rap my ass off feel to it. And the second you're in rap my ass off land, that's old school. You know, like, what? Fair enough. New school is melody. 
the more melody is in it, I could say the more new school. Otherwise, it's just what it was. Right. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Y'all can let me know if you hear the new school up in this. Now, I don't know if you're talking production. Okay, maybe. But I didn't even hear that much. I just felt like none of this album is really new school in production. It's kind of distinct and all over more so <laughs> like it like i don't know where to put this on the spectrum but this shit was fire first of all five on five this is an amazing fucking song bar for bar it's one of the tightest dopest tracks on the fucking album speak to the people over the horn like my something in my favorite koofy no idea what the fuck that means but i picture him in the desert with a horn just fucking spitting i took a vat of spray to uzi to the day they do me doing the right thing in movie to me so man being right and proper is how I live my life. It's not fucking just some shit. It's not for the gram. This is how I do it. I took a vow to spread my Uzi. So when I hear my Uzi, I think back to Chuck D and my Uzi weighs a ton. So he's gonna bring the lyrics to the day they do me. So I'ma spit that truth till I die. Oof. I'm pale horny if you ain't raising the stakes when you stay into me. Something, uh, something my starving artist status, the hunger for greatness. And I may skip some parts of my quoting. Um, my starving artist status, the hunger for greatness is utterly ageless. You playing with some bona fide born troubadours, bursting through your studio doors, hurt, hunting for superstars, confiscating all pro tools, smack them out their fanny pack for rapping over vocals. Chris wears a fanny pack and I think it's the, the dorkiest shit ever. I hate the fanny pack fad. I am old now, so I accept it. But... Man, I just love that. So he's just like, we starving artists hungry on the prowl. We understand the integrity. They're looking for real greatness. The ageless type of timeless greatness. And you talking with some real fucking music cats. We bust in and break you fanny pack ass wearing motherfuckers who rap over their track. And I hate that shit. When you go to the rap show, a motherfucker hits play and it's his song with his vocals and he raps over it. If you do that, that's whack. That's not... That makes you less good of a rapper. You are a lip syncer. You are a Britney Spears type at that point. On the real. And she puts on a fucking show. So you best be dancing like a motherfucker if you playing over your song. That is the seriousness. I say that as a dude who always spits over the raw instrumental. And I can prove that shit on camera from my very first show. It's on the internet. HSR live at the CFC. That's the name of the video. Um, but it's there. Facts. I can say that. Because that's really, to me, the essence of what's super important with it. So I love the fact that they come in and like, we're the real and we're going to come smack through it. And just the intensity. And then something about, the last line says, something about evolving past the weak-ass environment. All right, Sugar Sean P and Bushwick Bill. I thought that was cool. That was respectful to shout out, you know, some lost homies along the way. And just the idea of evolving past the world that they're in is so powerful. But really, Talib Kweli is a spitter. He just fucking kills it, man. He... He actually, local dudes, Matt, Urban Logics. I feel like every time I hear Urban Logics, it's like Talib Kweli, they're interchangeable voices to me. Definitely, at least in my opinion, they don't sound at all alike. Even the flow patterns and all that's kind of different. Um, but Talib Kweli is just like Tom Favors, the spit kickers and rhyme sayers. So he's like the spit kicker plus the rhyme sayers, get what he's saying. But he's pointing out these are the lyricists, the motherfuckers who dropped in bars. Evan Ali is, all, is my family and they stay in my prayers. So you have, you know, the beat maker evidence, Ali, there's family. Moving on up, like Dave Chappelle and John Mayer, who have done uh, quite a lot in their lives. But uh, Singapore eating a steam cake that's nine layers for the 
fucking life of me, I have no idea what that line means. Promoters also on my nose, something promissory. Tom and Jerry rappers don't want none like monastery. I'm honorary. Every verse is a doctorate. Collecting PhDs are the degrees that doctors get. His rhymes are so good, he's getting fucking degrees. And PhDs are just giving you doctors and shit. And I just thought it was fucking smart-ass lyrical bars and how poser-ass little Tom and Jerry rappers can't even compete with his lyricism. He's right. It's totally fucking fresh. Um, you a flash in the pan. That's the man you pause. Get it? Because you just in here for a second and a hot flash in a pan. The menopause. The men you pause. So you a woman in the way that you. Oh, it's actually just. Oh, it's divine writing. It's like a beautiful five star dining experience level of writing to me. We ain't friends because you rap. We don't have to get along. Interesting lines. A couple other things. Oh, go ahead and make a little diss. Uh, go ahead and make a little diss record. Wrap your little heart out. Feel better. I've never heard anybody ever, in my opinion, laugh in the face of the insignificant people. Like, Eminem sounds like he cares more about what people think than Talib Kweli does. Okay? Right. Eminem sounds like a little child by comparison to the tenacity of the way like you could take the entire kill shot and it sounds like he cares more and he's more butthurt than Talib Kweli about any of his haters and the way he ends that like you're fucking so insignificant and off my radar go ahead and do it you feel better now well child oh it's just beautiful five on five amazing track you don't have to agree with me. I just listened and I heard the brilliance. I didn't I didn't have the lyrics in my face. I had to write them down. So I just like it. I don't know what a koofy is. I should have Googled that. On that note, I'm pretty sure Chris was able to figure out what the next track is about. Even though, guess what? The lyrics weren't on Genius for the next one either. But I'm certain you still got something out of it, right? Let's talk about let's talk about the red light zone. Alright, Chris, tell us what the song's about. Um, cyber sex or like webcamming is what I kind of got from it in terms of like the red light being on and kind of like being in this world like that. Did you listen to the skits and all the little interlude things in the middle of the track? I really give a bigger picture of it. Yes, because at one point there's the kid talking about being on Instagram and then he got off Instagram and a bunch of stuff and they're trying to follow all these cloud chasers. It's about social media. Yeah, <laughs> not online sex right reason why i'm saying that is because at one point i feel like there's this like whole part where they're kind of explaining like being recorded and stuff like that and coming that to is that the room. whole point of the song so i'm like 90 percent there nothing to do with sex i gave it a 4.2 because it was nice that's so it. It now really you can isn't. break it down about sex yes it's about the camera being on but it's actually about the fact that people are such horrors for media attention yeah, I used the word whore. And guess what? It wasn't about sex. Oh, see what I did there? Anyway. Um, so it has these samples the whole way through of these different people, these clips of like honestly different varying degrees of people thirsting for attention and describing different things. So at the end, it honestly sounds like something like a boot gang. Like, oh, yeah. I did all this wild ass shit to get attention. I want people to know I'm crazy. I want people to know I uploaded it. Or just, oh my God, we're going to do anything for the views. And like just the whole way through, right. you're hearing this stuff where it's like kind of show showcasing the depravity and almost the expectation like i love the way just before the second verse he's like and now going live like going on facebook live or whatever right 
And it's like, okay, this is, and he's laying it out. Meanwhile, he just kicks like the smoothest fucking rap. And like, he's just, you just picture a fucking hat on and a pimped out suit and shit ready to go. He's smooth. I really like it. But I basically wrote down the whole first verse. So, I ain't never been alone because the camera's always on and the red lights got me in my zone. And we all know who the greedy are. Stockpiling all the fly shit just to flaunt. That's something we've seen before. So he's now just commenting on rich influencers who flaunt their wealth on camera and show off their whole life to make poor people and others feel shitty about themselves while admiring the wealth. We've seen that before, it's true. Uh, religion did that, other such things. What if the freshness that you collect is people's hearts? Here's a thought. Look at all these big-headed fools climbing up their pedestals. What do you think you go from here? Bring me back a souvenir. Go declare your greatness in the open air and show that, throw a show and tell from them supposed to stare. I don't think you're so prepared. So now he's saying to everyone else, you know, like, where do you think you go from this high horse pedestal of glorification, demagogue status for being rich and fucking famous and influential? What do you think happens to you as a person right then he goes i don't think you're so prepared nobody's sober when there's followers and cheers and eyeballs for modeling your wares when your hashtag goes for cheers and then the trolls come near you get an old and you froze it you're cold in despair that's fascinating because it really describes the lifespan of a lot of fucking creators on the internet doing a lot of things for views so they come up and they do some wild shit and they get a hashtag going and they jump on this challenge or that challenge and etc and they flow on through and they get all sorts of fame but then the psychological taxation of trolls come because because they've now got that fame, that virality that they're chasing. Then they can't deal with the consequences of those people. Then as you try to recapture it and re-going through it, you come off as old and useless and it's over and your moment passes. And then you're frozen in cold despair. They used to push drugs to freedom fighters, not to see them riot. People divided, less likely to be inspired. Now they got a TV station in the pocket and the ego turned a mosque into a mosh pit. So in a sense, it's almost like manifesting how back in the day they gave drugs to people like the Black Panthers and the Hood in order to fuck shit up and cause problems. But now they got you know instagram and social media a tv in your pocket a way to brainwash you and influence you to the point where they get everyone so egocentric so vain so focused on personal thirsty success that even the mosque is a mosh pit see what i mean it's not really about sex do you see my point i just wanted to ask if you see my point i see your point i like saw your point almost like i just didn't know because i was just going through that verse and then the chorus is still again some of these clippy things and then i didn't write down the whole second verse because i got fucking lazy but one of my favorite parts is hard to tell a thirsty harlot from a starving artist that's a powerful line, right? Because artists are basically willing to whore themselves out for anything. We're on the same walk of shame asking where our star is. So in a sense, mm -hmm. we're doing all the awful shit trying to get famous. And that's really why a lot of people do a lot of things. Flows on a bit more. And I'm trying to tell the truth, but I've seen all the gimmicks that will get us 15 minutes. And the difference between the real thing and the image. And one thing is privacy is a privilege. And then in the background, a sample is like, no, it's not. You know, immediately countering like the idea of what would be said to that. So what he's pointing out here is all your efforts to gain this fame and this notoriety and your virality and all the things that you're chasing in this red light zone, the camera's always on, is all like fun and games, we'll say, until you realize that once you get it, how terrible it is, you'll never have privacy again once everyone knows your name. This is something that maybe has me pursuing this YouTube grind at the slowest possible pace because there is that day that might come when I can't 
do anything without being scrutinized and that's a scary fucking thought that i'm slowly mentally preparing myself for so that i don't end up pacing off the entire world cracking under pressure but it's not easy it's not easy to manage hatred the way that you have to when you do virality like that so i thought it was such a fascinating exploration into the psychological taxation that comes along with something like virality 4.5 on 5 smooth as fucking interesting like a standout on this album like a track that truly stands out amongst everything else so we're good yep. you don't have much more to comment on this i already gave my grade it was a 4.2 for me that's fair let's talk about the id hidden hidden all right chris tell us about this one so i kind of looked up what the word was and i didn't save it but it's um it's cool though it's it's that was a funny start keep going well it's cool the way that he presents the song and i'm not gonna sit here and search it up at the moment but i like how the chorus comes in clinging to the rhyme and the wisdom of the idhin and i again i like how he's kind of still preaching this whole like wisdom and gotta be gotta be kind of a couple steps forward that was cool uh either either that's the future or there is none repent and sin again like a faucet dripping i cannot feature uh compliments to all my children now for me i kind of take that like no matter what happens there's always going to be a sin there's always going to be like a like trying to ask for forgiveness you're always going to make mistakes which is what i kind of got you're always going to be like like a faucet dripping it's kind of like it's consistently broken in a way kind of like how i'm taking it so that was a cool like little imagery there i cannot feature compliments to my children i didn't really get what that meant but in a sense it's like he can't really compliment the people that may be following him or like copying his style in a sense is how i kind of look at that I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it, it kind of looks at him being kind of pensive, like clinging to the rhythm and the wisdom of the idhin. I don't know what idhin means, so it's hard for me to fully break that bar down. But you can kind of get the sense that he's pure to the music, pure to the source of who he's been, etc. Right? Either that's the future or there is none. So what he's saying to me there is either I take this path as in I go down this road or there is no future for me. So idhin... Um, is apparently a name and this is the closest I got today the alternative meaning is I is for Dude, I just I saw that and it looked like a backronym that was created off of a website at name.org which is not a credible website because I literally just googled that now and it looks stupid so I skipped it but I mean it kind of makes it just sense. sounds like oh I use for these that would be like there's a letter alphabet bullshit right right now. but if you put it together with what I feel like he's kind of saying I feel like it makes sense like he is number one because this is kind I like some really dope lyricism. The imagination that he uses to create the song is pretty cool. The honesty in the lyrics is dope. The desire, maybe I don't know how to actually interpret that, but inspiring, um, yeah. Sure. I think that I don't know what it means, but it actually has a meaning. And I would be really curious to know what y'all thought, but I'll be honest, I didn't look it up because I didn't care that much in the moment. Um, uh, repentance and again, like a faucet dripping. I mean, that just reminds me of all God-like experiences. You're going to repent over the sins that you've done and you're going to sin again. And that repetitious cycle of life is kind of what it is, but it's also like a faucet sit, dripping and just kind of, it seems like it's a part of life. Like it's a constant that just keeps happening. And then I cannot feature compliments to all my, my children. I don't know. Maybe you're right about the music or whatever. But it also could be like I can't just 
lie to my kids and just say whatever you know i can't just do that like i don't know listen i threw the kitchen sink at everything that i've attempted interesting right that he brings the kitchen sink in so almost saying that's everything i threw this letter away five times for a sign and sent it i got my handprint in the patent of what i invented i scrap a sentence that define all your laws and limits i don't feel the machine i feed human beings don't perform for the form but what it truly means we're basically in the same realms of what he's been saying the whole like way through. I come in and I spit the truth and I'm doing it for the sake of the truth, for the sake of education, possibly even for the youth. And uh, I like when he goes, ain't no such thing as beauty queens. I thought that was a cool line because it's true. That is a fabrication. Even if you look online, a lot of those things are Photoshop and not actually real people. And often when you see people in real life, the illusion is different and our souls are all kind of corrupt dark at the end of the day and we all should be maybe a little more aware of that and stop thinking that we're all such good people in a world where most of us are not good people um the only time i show up uh, i'm at my best when i can disappear the only time i show up is when i'm in sincere listen here there's no such thing as isn't fair there's only what you keep and what you kill i know you feel me there I once militant against the military, blind dog with a seeing eye man, interesting pair. If I wasn't bothered with my hair, so when you sit and stare, you wouldn't have shit to compare. So I think it's an interesting, like, philosophical thing that we're looking at here. So maybe he is at his best when he can avoid people. So when he doesn't have the actual stress and temptation of life and others around him, he is at his best when he can be like a Loma God almost. And when he shows up, he's insincere. So it almost feels like around people he's fake or whatever. And there isn't such a thing as fair. It's such a fascinating line, right? Because people are always like saying, it's not fair. I'm looking for fair, fair, fair. Everyone wants life to be fair but it's not life is an unfair thing from the very beginning knowing that where you're born basically dictates everything in your life is kind of fucked up but it's also true which means that metaphorically and even habit wise and especially with habits there's only what you keep or the habits that you kill you know i know you feel me there so if i think about it you can take a moment where you're like it's not fair this happened and not it's really you did things that got you to that point or you did things that you know get you out of that situation i don't know i like how he was like he was once militant against the military as though he's growing since that point and maybe has a different perspective but is describing maybe his anger or his darker emotions and maybe he feels now that those aren't the wisest things but i like that blind dog with a seeing eye man interesting pair right so it's kind of like how his eyes aren't necessarily there but anyway I don't have a lot more to say on this one. The chorus is nice. It flows out. I thought it was a game deep. I thought it gets you thinking. It gets you feeling. But as much as I love the rapping, I'm not really that into the beat. So this is one of the lower ones for me with a 4.25. I gave this song a 4. I mean, it was nice and it was really short, but I didn't. It was short. It was just under two minutes. kind of just feel the same way. It kind of just came in, did what it did, and left for me. So 4 on 5. And the next one is also short, but it's over two minutes, and it's They Shot Ricky. All right, Chris, how do you feel about this album closer? I know it's been a big day for Chris. This is our third video that we're recording today. We're like six hours, seven hours into being together today. He's like, I'm tired of him. I just need to escape. Y'all watching it. You can hit the X and leave. He's stuck in the room with me. Go on, Chris. Tell us about this song. I'm trying to find the secrets to the escape of here. Um, that was a really bad pun. I do like that, okay. that was actually pretty good. Correct me if I'm wrong. Does this not sound more modern? Like at all? 
in terms of the triplet flow, in terms of the quick speed he does on the lyrics, in terms of like the actual beat just sounds even more like trappier a little bit. No, I don't feel trappiness in that's, this beat. That's what I got. I got, I got like this, a like, jazzier, whiny feel to it. I mean, Sonic, like like for the sound, but I'm talking just like the way it was produced. It sounds like something in 2019. I mean, all the production is of the quality of 2019. Quality, but not like the drum kicks or the beat pattern. I'm saying that I don't feel that the beat came off as trap to me. I did, and I thought it was pretty cool. Um, okay, do the flow. Show us what you mean by your trap flow. Where like is nail it? The Mona, nail the Mona Lisa through. I can't, nail the no, Mona not Lisa even there. It's like, it's like even further. It's like, like where the fuck is this flow? I'm like oh, trying to say man. it in a trap flow. It's not working here. Like, well, Crossroads in Crisis still remember the night when he does that in a triplet Migos type flow. You got to understand that the Migos didn't invent the triplet. Right, I know. I'm not saying that they did. I'm just saying and like there the was there was flow, like some modern there was some so like the different flows flow on this. triplet flow isn't inherently a trap flow. It is a flow commandeered by trap. Well, you know what? It is what it is. I don't actually know what the song's about to tell you the truth. Um I look, do you guys feel it's a trap flow? Do you feel that brother Ali went trap on this one? I'm just curious because I don't but go on I don't know what the song's about I just like some things he says like rough draft I was picked to I was picked to rock the first round without revision can't allow them to cloud our vision nah that's not in our composition out of my mouth I spout that ism I just I like what he's saying but I'm kind of like at this moment by that, that it's, it's really not that different than what we've been getting on this project right. conceptually so I'm just kind of like this is good it didn't really give me nothing different that was like oh this is a closer and this and this what? besides the it beat totally like, has a closing feel to for it for me literally the reason why this song got a 4.2 is because it sounded like just the most modernist track on the album to me maybe I heard something different maybe I was like in some weird thing but just the way he the energy he was carrying how the is the grade relevant to how modern the song sounds no I'm saying the grade relevant so to what, what I'm hearing I like is overall. just because it's an interesting point there's a correlation in the grading based on the familiarity towards what you consider to be modern and in the realms of what you oh, listen yes, to. Oh, yes. That, yes. I'm not going to even lie to that. Like, if I don't so like it, I'm not going to like it. So the closest it sounds to 2017 Trap, not 2019, 2017 Trap, the more you're going to like it. That's what I'm understanding. Sure. That's what we're going with today. Like, anyway. I, <laughs> Until I can, next week when it changes. Right. And then all of a sudden, Chris wants some, hey, bibbidi bobbidi bidinzo curry. <laughs> right? He's not really that trap. He's experimental hip hop. Yeah. I'm sorry, but you yelling like that, you ain't fucking trap no more. You in something else. Denzel? Yeah, he's, he's like fucking screamy rap. Like, did you see his Rage Against the Void Machine cover? Okay, I've seen him do his did you Rage hear Zoo? Against the Machine. Zoo is not that like screamy whatever. It's also not trap. It's act- Zoo is trap. Nah, he's. A, I feel like he's I've a, heard the whole I album. Like I bump al- that album on a daily. It's not. It's like that album is trap. How? There's like some. That album has so many trap elements in it, just in regards to the drum loops, the 808s, the way he flows his things. Well, like it's part of trap. Now, granted, he's got basically more of a- the only metric you ever use to call something trap is the drum patterns. No. The performance on Wowie does it is also like trappy, but it's not my fault that trap has taken over I'd say over that everything. there is a difference between trap and A flows. A flows okay. is not trap. It's a it's a thing. 
I feel like you're using a drum pattern style to be a catch. I mean, maybe it is. I feel like in a lot of ways, the difference between trap and boom bap is, is drums per se. Mm. But I feel like it's a lot more nuanced than that. And I don't know that just because you're dropping a, a triplet flow or just because it sounds modern that that instantly is trap influence. That, to me, that's a weird line of thinking. Because, I mean, when I hear trap, I first thing I picture is drug dealer music. Right. And so if it's not coming from like, can you keep in mind, like trap goes back before those drums and triplet flows right. are normative, right? So yes, in uh, the sense of Migos commandeering old flows that literally can be traced back to the 80s. Like, so what I'm saying is, if anything, that triplet flow is old school. Absolutely. And the way it gets flipped up with the ad libs and the ooh, ah, eh, okay, some of that's cool, but anyway, what I'm trying to, I guess, convey is to me, it doesn't feel like a trap track. I felt it was more like actually a lot of what we've been just getting on this project in a, in a good way. Now, again, y'all can disagree with me. Um, I'm just, I'm just curious by these distinctions. Like, I'll be honest, I haven't spent after three years that much time looking into the differences because I feel like people throw these genre lines on shit and it's just weird to me. Like what, what really, what really makes something trap? Maybe there is like hard definitions. Maybe Denzel Curry is a trap guy in some cases. I'm not saying he isn't entirely that. I'm saying that I would put him in a more experimental category than like the pure version of the genre where like honestly Gucci Mane is something I would picture as more like that. Migos, sure, but they kind of make some dance party music mm -hmm. to a point, right? right. Uh, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm just musing here. Maybe this is really boring and you're like, can you just get back to the fucking song? Okay, okay, I heard y'all. Nailed the Mona Lisa through a broken speaker. Euphoria framed me from my frozen fever. Either, ether, feel it bleeding through the sheets. Lose sleep, lose sleep. You use your move, read them and weep. So nailed the Mona Lisa through a broken speaker. To me, that means his audio quality is of the quality of excellence through, even if you're hearing it through a broken speaker. So even through the, through imperfection, he achieves excellence. Beautiful. Euphoria framed me from my frozen fear, fever. So from the dark cold of his soul, of his soul this kind of gives him a state of euphoria, escaping the pain and whatnot. Ether, I don't really know what it is. I think it's a drug that gets you kind of fucked up. Feel it bleeding through the sheets. Lose sleep, lose sleep. Using your move, read him and weep. So in a sense, I just feel like he's coming up with good bars and he uses this to kind of put it all down. Peep my eyes closed, scribe the scroll and watch your life unfold. I strike a note, recite him and excite your silent soul. I think it's in the same vein as his words inspire and are powerful and set you up. I don't want to go through like every single line. I feel like it's again in the same vein of things. But I like later on when it goes teardrops in my eyelids, screenshots of a life lived. Speaking of through the silence, please do not try to buy this. It's priceless. That's a lot of prices. Either deny it or dive in. Either get loving or lying. Either way, you ain't surviving. Crossroads in a crisis. I still remember the night when you let go of that code, rolled over in bed, and said it just like this. And I think it's cool because 
you kind of look at him almost lamenting in sadness as he's speaking on a situation and he's kind of thinking back on a person's life like perhaps it is somebody like a friend who got shot because they gave up living a pure life to go pursue some kind of thing so he's reflecting on that and then he's saying don't buy this it's priceless as in maybe the album or the music and the purity of the message but also maybe don't buy into this life there is no real price here it's priceless it doesn't have any value that's a lot of prices either deny it or dive it that's an interesting line too because it explores the idea of priceless like it's a lot of different things so either you deny the truth of a situation i guess or you deny it or you dive in or you accept it i don't know either get loving or lying either way you ain't surviving so regardless when you go down this path you're not going to make it through i mean a lot of people have explored i guess the situations in the hood and different he's he's kind of touched on where his environment is um so i don't know if this is a real true story but i think it's an interesting point and i like how he goes you let go of the code rolled over in bed and said it like this and then it almost feels like then you move ahead to a person who's now found their salvage instead of that like either like salvation or the redemption and then they're telling the chorus and it's almost like all of this verse then in hindsight is almost like pillow talk is like expressing dark right. secrets expressing those secrets and finding that escape in a sense and i like the chorus you know tell me all your dreams tell me you ain't got fears and hopes and schemes because it starts off like this almost like a bold thing like he's stating it out then he does this verse and then the way he ends it it almost feels like it's much more intimate the second time around tell me how you know this life is very rarely what it seems show me all the stars that light your sky which you can't seem to say i see inside so it's almost like I know you with all your hopefulness and whatever you feel like all this greatness but tell me you're human tell me there's this other dark side so maybe he's even speaking to everyone else because in his last album there was almost a preachiness to it and i don't mean that like it disrespectfully but he put god forth and he showed us the world of god and how he found all this stuff and like a way of living and in a sense this time around he's responding to everyone he's asking for to see the humanity behind it and I feel like he delivers on that and really shows us the dark side of his soul to, to kind of contrast against maybe the light side that we got on the last project. And I think it's just beautiful and I think it's just wonderful. Um, but I give it a 4.35 because the beats, I it's not my favorite beat, but it's good. It, like lyrically and shit. Anyway, that brings us to the end of the album of which Chris is like, yay, I'm almost free. Like when school's done and the bell's about to ring. So I gave this album a 4.54 on 5. I think it's a freaking modern classic in terms of sound concept and power. I think Brother Ali is a significant powerhouse in conceptual albums. And the way he puts stuff together, like you go through this album and you really feel his insecurity and his exploration into the darker side of himself and how he aspires to be better and, and it almost feels like a plea to understand that he's a human being on a redemption quest as opposed to some holier than thou figure as others may have lifted him up to be and i feel like it closes out on this point where it's like he just culminates into his insecurity but also how this is the fuel that drives his music and i just love this album and i think it's a great thing and i think you should listen to it i gave the album a 4.2 on 5 I enjoyed it up until, I guess, like the part that I started kind of feeling like it was repetitive at the end. But either than that, I, I don't think it's my vibe. Honestly, I think that's where I'm kind of just stuck is like, I totally respect what he does. I totally like how he comes off with these like, 
guess storytelling aspects or just the messages he's trying to bring but it's just really not my own preference so like i can see how if you don't have a theological background if you're not into spirituality if self-growth and improvement are not primal focuses in your life if you're not really into that servant teacher attitude this might not be the easiest album to listen to because it's not going to be a grind that you can relate to. But I totally relate to this grind. And I think this man is actually speaking the kind of truth that people should really think about. And like, he's the kind of guy that honestly more people should listen to. Like if we go back to that trap point of view, do we really need more people talking about bags or more people flossing some fake shit or all the grandiose simplicity that goes into a lot of those modern A flows, those hype sounding things? Like are they really good? When we really think about it, we really think of the purpose and the message behind it. Is there soul in it? Does it inspire us to be better people? Really does it do that? Right. And I think in a lot of the cases, not. It's a lot of vapidness, especially in pop trap. Not in all rap music. I think the underground is full of dopeness, but I believe you were talking about the pop side of things. And I don't think pop music is full of purity in any significant way. So I think Brother Ali is like that you know that like chicken soup for the soul book series yeah. i feel like it's like that that's what it should be like and people should jump on some spiritual cleansing in this era where we're all so fucking selfish and corrupt but the truth is as you live your life do you want to give or do you want to take and that's an interesting point and i think brother Ali is a man who wants to give and talks about how complicated it is here and i appreciate that anyway thank you all for watching totally means the world to be that y'all watched it and you can leave a comment telling us your thoughts and opinions on any anything really even even if you want to just like tell us about rocks i mean maybe maybe you're into rocks like the different kinds i know that there's multiple genres of it but if you're in a mineralogy or whatever the study is that would be cool to hear about so if you make effort to answer us in the comments and honestly if somebody comments about rocks i'll be kind of happy now uh, <laughs> feel, I'll, I'll forget about this right so it'll be like six weeks from now rocks this and i'll be like oh yeah i did say that anyway I'll make sure to answer you in six months if you do leave that comment. Special thanks to the oh no, subscribe to the channel, like the video, crappy YouTube shit I have to say. Special thanks to the patrons. It's Mel Gadamsey, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black Hurricane, Linda Williams, Coney Sparks. There you go. They support what we do. They helped us get a new camera. They helped us get on the Spotify's and stuff. Gonna help us get a website and they get to tell us what albums to review. How cool is that? Anyway. If you want to be cool at the patrons, you can support what we do, and that would be mad dope. And you can check us out there and do that. On that note, um, we make music too. You can find that on that channel. I dropped an album recently, got another one in the works. You know how it is when you want that grind. That's why I called my first uh, that well, the last album I did, The Alternative Grind. So you can check that out on all your favorite platforms. Anyway, I'm running out of stuff to say. I'm kind of hungry. Live long and prosper. <laughs>